0: This is Ariana Huffington, and you are listening to Five Questions with Dan Chabelle.
1: You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Chabelle. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is the founder and CEO of Thrive Global, Ariana Huffington. Throughout the past decades, Ariana has become a prominent voice focused on media, politics, and well-being as the founder of both the Huffington Post and Thrive Global. She's written 15 books, most recently Thrive, The Sleep Revolution, and Your Time to Thrive, and is one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People. Since our work overlaps, we had a thoughtful conversation about ending the burnout crisis, improving our well-being, and changing human behavior for this podcast episode. Welcome to 5 Questions, Ariana.
0: Great to be here with you.
1: Well, it's so amazing to have you on the podcast. You've been a public figure for many, many decades. You've done way more interviews than anyone I know, and you've written columns and books that eventually launched the Huffington Post- media company, and even your new company, Thrive Global, is partially a media company. So media is a huge foundation and part of your career. What was the inspiration that originally led you to establish a media career? And when did you know that it would be successful?
0: Well, at first, when I launched the Huffington Post in 2005, it was really because I saw the conversation moving online. And I wanted a lot of people who didn't have their own blogs, a lot of great voices like Nora. Efron and Walter Cronkite at the time to be part of that conversation. So we launched with all these great voices. And as a result, we helped uh, be part of that incredible flourishing of the good part of online media. And then in 2016, when I left the Huffington Post to launch Thrive Global, it was because I saw that we needed to go beyond media. You know, we could increase awareness around well-being and sleep and gratitude and mental health through media. But in order to change behaviors, we needed a product. And that's why I built a product technology company because otherwise you cannot scale. And the goal is to help people move from knowing what to do to doing it.
1: By allowing all these voices to be part of Huffington Post, that was good for their career. Maybe it was a stepping stone or for them to leverage that as something else, you know, in the future that's been so great for them. And so it's really been uplifting to see so many people leverage the opportunities at Thrive Global being contributors or even at the Huffington Post. As a CEO of Thrive Global, with over a hundred employees how have you been able to manage your own well-being while leading others
0: I've been using you know the micro steps that are at the core of our app and of the work we do with uh, many companies I've been using these micro steps also in my own life and we call our micro steps too small to fail picking a time at the end of the day that I declare as the end of my working day taking my phone outside my bedroom to charge away from me and if you can't do it every night do it one night that's a primary micro step for me and in the morning taking 60 seconds before I go to my phone to set my intention for the day remember what I'm grateful for take some deep breaths anything that creates some boundaries between me and uh, the phone which is the repository of every problem and every project
1: I love that and my dad always says you have to walk before you run And I say small steps before big leaps. So that really sums up micro steps and, and the micro steps you've taken when it comes to sleep and, and really healthy habits have been so, you know, instrumental in your well being and effectiveness as a leader. And one of the things that I, I really like about what you do, and I love you, for you to elaborate on this is you focus on the entire well being. This is not just about physical well being whether you're ill or not, this is about mental and emotional as well. Can you talk about how all of these micro steps help you develop the habits that make you successful across the whole wellness perspective?
0: One of the journeys in our app is around connection and gratitude and bringing all these elements of being human together. But as you said, it's key not to have a lot of judgments. In fact, we call this journey, this Thrive journey, a judgment-free zone. We need to give ourselves and each other permission to be a work in progress, to try things, to fail along the way, to keep seeing incrementally how we are adopting healthier habits and changing our lives and recognizing the productivity paradox that when we are recharged, we are going to be more productive. When we are depleted and burned out, we're going to be less productive.
1: I love that everything is aligned. If you're healthy, you're more likely to be engaged at work and fulfilled and stay at the company longer so increases retention. So everything is connected and also to productivity. If you're happy, you're going to be more productive. If you're sad and depressed, you probably won't be, right? And I think now through this pandemic over the past year, people are suffering like never before. And both of our firms released research last year. Your Thrive Global survey found that 75% of employees feel overwhelmed and less productive while remote working during COVID. And our study with Oracle found that 78% of workers said COVID negatively impacted their mental health. During such a difficult time in human history, what can individuals and organizations do to be more resilient?
0: This is a crucible time. This is a time of tremendous losses and pain, but it's also a huge opportunity to imagine and build a new world. So after the pandemic, we don't go back to the way we worked and lived. Because the truth is, it was not working before the pandemic. The pandemic has exacerbated everything. Even before the pandemic, we were dealing with the mental health crisis. The World Health Organization had acknowledged burnout as an occupational hazard. Diabetes and uh, hypertension, which are stress-related diseases, were skyrocketing. So let's take this moment as an opportunity to change what has not been working, to live our lives in a way that's more sustainable and more productive, beginning those practices through these micro steps right now, you know, remembering what we're grateful for, which sounds very, very warm and fuzzy, but actually it changes the neural pathways of the brain.
1: I agree that, hey, let's take this time to really examine what's working and what's not working. Many people before the pandemic, a very small percentage of the population was remote working. And then towards the early stage of the pandemic, it became like around 60%. And now it's dropped off to about 40% or so. The remote experiment worked. So it's hard for managers to say, hey, you must be at the office five days a week now. Now it's the conversation is more about, hey, let's work together and think about how we can best manage our work lives so that we can be productive as employees, but also maintain our health and boundaries. And I love that you talk about boundaries and establishing habits because this isn't easy. We haven't figured this all out. This is every day, figuring out what's going to work and tweaking along the way. And what's your best piece of career advice?
0: My best piece of career advice is what my mother gave me. And she used to say, failure is not the opposite of success. It's a stepping stone to success. And that's really important, Dan, because so many of us don't take risks because we're afraid we're going to fail. And, you know, I started to companies. And trust me, there was no guarantee either they would succeed. You have to be willing to take risks, be willing to fail along the way. And I think everybody who has succeeded should spend more time talking about their failures. I talk about my failures a lot to help everybody understand that there is no one who has not failed many times along the way.
1: Past success doesn't guarantee future success. I think that can be summed up pretty well. And I think talking about your failures, it, it almost like creates a space where everyone feels comfortable where they can share what they're going through. If you only talk about how great you're doing and you are showing strength as a leader by thinking you know everything, that's not going to be effective for employees because employees you know, are struggling and so you want to relate to them because a lot of people at the top, all these leaders are saying, hey, I'm struggling and I need to be more vocal about and vulnerable because it'll raise everyone up. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Ariana. To follow her journey, you can read Your Time to Thrive and find her on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter where she shares pictures of her friends and family inspirational quotes conversations and latest projects to watch the full extended video version of this episode go to youtube.com slash dan and please remember to rate and review the five questions podcast on itunes